Wow, family, can you believe that 2022 is over? It's in the books. The chapter of your life is closed on 2022. In fact, do this with me. Take your hands out and just close the chapter. I know that's weird, but it's over. Throw it out. And I want you to throw that out with all the good, bad, and ugly, and just know that 2023 is going to be a year of transformation for your life. I'm so excited about what God is already doing in me. I know he's doing in you, but I can't wait to see how much God transforms us in 2023 into his image. You know, this last year, we heard a lot about people transitioning uh, their gender. They wanted to transition their gender. You know what, as I've just been before the Lord, I keep hearing him say, I want to not transform your gender, I want to transform your nature and make you into my image. And that's really what I'm believing for for 2023, for me, for you, that uh, you and I would begin to be transformed into his image. And that's really, as we jump in today, I wanted to take a moment and I just wanted to give you a little bit of hope. Uh, maybe you've been uh, <laughs> looking back on 2022 going, what happened to my life. Maybe you had some dreams, some visions that never came to pass. Maybe you had some sin habits that never kind of broke off of you. Maybe you find yourself further backwards than you ever thought you would be. I want to give you some hope today. I want you to know that Jesus Christ is for you and not against you. And so what I, what I actually prepared for you for just the next couple moments is there's a family in our church called the Breen family, and they have had such a transformative moment over the last year, year and a half or so. And I just thought it'd be really good for you, be good for me, just to hear their story for a moment. So sit back, relax, and listen how God has transformed their lives. My name is John Breen. This is my beautiful wife, Daphne. We've been serving the Lord since January 2021 here at Hill City. And before we met the Lord, our lives were disasters. My life was a disaster. And so was mine. I mean, I always had God on the sideline. We had strongholds. We were just addictions. Addictions. One was the marijuana addiction. I mean, we I used that and leaned on that. I mean, it was just to kind of really cover the pain. And as a child, I had a lot of abandonment issues. So I used that. I struggled with alcohol and addiction, like identity issues was huge for me, really big for years. And I was like making pancakes in the kitchen one day and I just started crying uncontrollably. And it was just now looking back, I know that that was the Lord's love, like being poured into me and then the Lord set me free from all of that because I know my identity is in Christ now. So ever since then, I, I wanted to know everything about Him and just like what His Word says has set me free too. And just the relationship, leaning on Him for everything has really changed my life. And you know, when you think you're doing everything and it's all you, it's kind of it's kind of hard to mm-hmm. give give those away, you know, and, and give control. that up. Because it's, it's really yeah. control issues. Mm-hmm. As a man, Alpha, I was just like, I'm not giving that up. I can give him this, I'll give him that, I'll give him that. But this, I'm holding on to. And a lot of it to do with money, because I was always uh, a provider. So by being a provider, I was always making the money. And and when I found God, it was like, give all that. That's all, you don't need that. All you really need is his word, his love, and to provide that. It's just, it's been a change ever since we've been at Hill City. 
Things are just opened up. We found Jesus, we decided, we got baptized in April of 2021, and that's when the wreck came. I mean, we literally transformed completely. Yeah. It was like night and day. Isn't that unbelievable? Listen, I just want you to know, if he'll do it for them, he'll do it for you. As we're going into 2023, I want it to be in your heart that God transformed me, transitioned me out of this old sin nature that seems to always be so prevalent. And Lord, bring me into your nature, into your way of living, into who you are. Formulate in me who you are, Jesus. You know, Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 25 is where we're starting today. Look what it says. It says, just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word. You'll notice I put the Greek word for that word, word, rhema, through the washing of the word. In other words, how is God going to transform us? It says it real, real clear here in Ephesians that he's going to transform us. He's going to transition us out of our old way of living into a new way of living, into a new nature by the washing of the word, the rhema, the, the understanding, the explosion of God's nature coming within us as we begin to get into his holy word. He's going to wash us, he's going to cleanse us, and he's going to transform us. Actually, look what Matthew chapter 4 and verse 4 says. Jesus is having this battle with Satan. Satan's trying to tempt him. And he says it like this. It's written, Satan, man does not live on bread alone, but every word, every rhema that comes from the mouth of God. I love how the message Bible says it. It says, Jesus answered by quoting Deuteronomy. It takes more than bread to stay alive, Satan. It takes a steady stream of words from God's mouth, a steady stream of rhema. The rhema word of God. See, rhema is actually identified or translated into the utterance of God. When, when God spoke, when God speaks, it is his nature, it is his power coming out through his holy words. In fact, John said in chapter 1 that Jesus was the word. In the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was God. In fact, everything that God the Father wanted to say to humanity, he put it into Jesus, and Jesus walked this earth as the living word of God. And then the holy scriptures, when you and I begin to go through them, and we begin to read them, and we begin to have rhema, an understanding. In fact, I translate rhema like this. This is how I define it, as when God's ways and truth come alive inside of you, therefore for becoming your ways and your truth. I don't know about you, but I grew up with a lot of different ways of thinking, with a lot of different truths, if you will, and it wasn't until I became a Christian and I started reading through the rhema of God, the words of God, the holy scriptures, that all of a sudden something started transitioning in me. I started becoming transformed. Listen, this year is a year of transformation for you as you get a hold to the rhema of God. As you let the rhema of God begin to wash over you, the words of God begin to cleanse you, remake you, refashion you, transition you out of an old wicked lifestyle into a new life in Jesus Christ. In fact, I don't know if you've ever seen the stats on this, but recently the Center for Bible Engagement interviewed and researched 40,000 plus people from the age of 18, excuse me, 8 to 80. And they just were looking to find statistics on Bible reading and how much Christians engaged with the Bible and what effect, if any, it was having on them. And as they began to do this research, they found some crazy truths. And this is what they found. If you read your Bible or you engage with Scripture once a week, it had just a little bit of effect, hardly anything, 
on your everyday transformation. So, but those then who read the Bible two times a week are engaged in the Holy Word a couple times a week, same thing. It's almost like a flatline. Hardly any really effect of transitioning and transforming you. Three times a week, a little bit of bleep on the screen, but not. But then they found out that those people who read through the scriptures, who consumed the word of God four times a week, it didn't matter if it's 10 minutes, 15, 20 minutes, it didn't matter, but four times a week, it had a significant effect on you being transformed into God's image. Look at, look at what they found out. When those who are reading the Bible four times are engaging in the word of the rhema word of God at least four times a week, the feeling of loneliness dropped 30%. 30%. I engage with a lot of godly people in our church. I mean a lot. And some of them are single. And, I, and, I, and we ended up in these conversations with their pastor. I'm just so lonely. I'm tired of being a single mom. Look, look, pastor, I'm just so lonely. I'm in my 30s and I still haven't met the man or woman of my dreams. And I just, I just, it's hard at night. You know, I'm, I'm by myself and I just don't want this anymore. I'm crying out to God. God, fix it. Can I tell you what fixes it? 30% drop in loneliness as you start engaging with the word of God, not just once a week or twice a week, not just hearing one sermon or going to church on Sunday, one time a week, but I'm talking about engaging in the rhema of God, the word of God. As you engage with it at least four times a week, things begin to happen. Anger issues, look at this, drop 32%. Do not cussing people out no more down the interstate when you start getting into the word at least four. Can you imagine how much you and I could change? You keep thinking, how am I going to change? I'm going to fix it. You know, I've got, I'm going through these anger management courses at work and it's not changing anything. Four times a week in the Holy Scriptures will begin to drop those anger feelings and emotions and outbursts. How about this? Bitterness in relationship dropped 40%. Bitterness in relationship. For people who are reading through the Word of God or engaging in the Word at least four times a week, bitterness in relationship. You can't keep, seem to keep you and your kids without you getting in a fight and hating them and having this, this thing that, for this person at work. That will all of a sudden transition when you start getting into the word at least four times a week. How about this? Alcoholism dropped 57% for people who began to get into the Holy Scriptures at least four times a week. 57%. You know, most of the people that I engage with, and I'll ask them, why do you drink alcohol? Why, why, why do you really need it? And they'll, they'll really, if, if they can tell the truth to me, most of them do, they'll just confide and they'll say, Pastor, honestly, you know, it just settles me down. You don't need to medicate with alcohol. The word of God will literally set you free. How about this one? The feeling of being spiritually stagnant drops 60%. But this is, as a pastor, this is what I engage with with a lot of you, especially here at Hill City. And I was just like, man, the Lord loves you. How are you, how are you engaging with him? And many times you'll tell me, pastor, I just feel like God's not there. I feel spiritually stagnant. I promise you, if you'll start getting into the Holy Word at least four times a week, that will decrease to the point of 60%. Can you imagine 40% is all you got to deal with or sometimes feeling, feeling spiritually stagnant because the rest of the time you're on fire because the Holy Word begins to explode inside of you. How about this last statistic they found there at the Center for Bible Engagement, and that is viewing porn dropped 61%. With sexuality and pornography that wickedness being an epidemic in our churches, in our Christian walks, you don't have to go through a bunch of therapy. Just start getting into the word at least four times a week. You can tell I'm passionate. I do not want to go through 2023 the way I went through 2022. 
I want you and I to have these spiritual transformation moments with the God that we serve. I, I, I don't want to just go through Christianity. I don't want to just go to church. I don't want to just hear sing songs and hear messages. I want to be like Jesus. I want to heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out devils, just like he said we would do. But here's the problem, and it's an epidemic amongst believers. We don't get into his word. And so his transformational power, you know, I did a little bit of research on how these people are trying to transition genders. And what these doctors are doing is filling them full of chemicals so that those chemicals can begin to change their body. And it's, it's really horrendous, actually, what, what's happening in that whole place and even, and even some of the surgeries that they're having. I don't know about you, but, but I can see in my mind that as I begin to get in the Holy Word, that old Adam McCain with all of his wickedness and all of his stupidity, as I get into the Holy Word, it becomes that life-giving source to literally transition me from a person of wickedness into a person that follows Jesus and acts like Jesus. Here's some other stats that they found, and that is those people who got into their word, begin to study the Bible at least four times a week, they began sharing their faith. It spiked 200%. You know why we don't share our faith? Because we don't really know the God of the scriptures. And so we don't want to we don't want to misrepresent him. But when you're in the word, you just can't help say, hey, you're not going to believe this. The other day I was, I was playing golf with a friend. And, uh, and they end up partnering this guy with us. He's a cool dude, tatted all up. And uh, as we got to talking, you know, he owned a couple bars and things like that. And, and uh, had a, in a construction company, this guy was really well, uh, you know, diverse. And um, <clears throat> so then he asked, he says, so what do you guys do? And I said, I said, bro, I'm a pastor. And he goes, oh, and you know, he'd been really cursing up until that point. And uh, so we're halfway through playing golf and he kind of looks at me. He goes, you know, I'm not really religious. I said, I said, oh, me either. And he goes, my mom and dad, they're very religious. And, uh, and I just kind of quit the church. There's nothing in it for me. And, and, it, it was, and, and I just looked at him <clears throat> and I said, you know what your problem is? I said, you knew religion, but you never knew your creator. You don't know him. And I don't really like religious duties either. And, uh, and they haven't helped me. But knowing the God of creation is transforming my life. And as I was sharing with him what God had been doing in me, it was like fire in the midst. And you could see big tears came up in his eyes. Of course, somebody, you know, interrupted us like always. Here's the next thing that happened uh, when you read the Bible at least or get through the word at least four times a week, that you begin to discipling others, that spiked some 230%. Here at Hill City, we believe in true, genuine discipleship. That's why we do small group life. And so if you're struggling, you say, Pastor, I, I'm a small group leader there at Hill City. And I just, it's just really not working. I guarantee you, you start getting into the word of God. You start uh, committing yourself to at least four times a week to study the word of God. Something supernatural is going to happen and it's going to start exploding. You know, here's the Bible has it's God's word and, and his living word begins to get inside of us and begins to transform us and you know words have power right in fact uh the other couple months ago my 15 year old she tried to she was trying to teach me some of these uh, gen z you know slangs and uh and she says dad you got to learn bet I'm like bet what is bet like I don't gamble she goes no dad bet like like you say bet and I was like okay, I didn't, I didn't really get it. And I know some of you guys that are a little older that are in Hill City, you may not get it either. So here's what I did. I found um, a little clip on TikTok of, uh, of, of this Gen Z trying to teach a little older person some of the slangs. I thought you should see some of this so you can see the power of learning some slang words. Go ahead and play that. Part two of asking my 30-year-old coworker Gen Z slang terms. Ready? Let's go. Okay, number one, drip. 
drip like I got some swag. Like I'm dripping. Like <laughs> your outfit is your drip. Oh, so like this. Like, ooh, oh. nice drip. Oh, okay. Oh, I was okay. Number two, bet. Excuse me? Bet. Bet? Yeah. Bet. Like placing a bet. No, like, cool, I'm down. Like, okay, bet. You bet. <laughs> Moving on. Number three, chuggy. <laughs> chuggy? Yeah. Like it like your food is like chewy but no. gaggable. You're so chuggy. What the heck does chuggy? Like uncool. You're trying well, to Well, that's very that's very that is very clear. I am definitely <laughs> chuggy then. Number 4, FOMO. Oh, fear of missing out. Exactly. And number 5, flex. Like, bro, I'm going to flex on you. Yeah, like show off. Woo! Yes. I feel so cool now. Come on now. Come on, guys. Now, all of you are cool now, see? By just learning some words, you now feel confident to talk to your Gen Z kid and say, be careful, I'm about to flex on you or something. You know, you, you got it now, right? The power that you feel just by understanding the meanings of words that you don't really understand. See, when you begin to go into the Holy Scripture, things that you really don't know, you don't really get, your, your nature doesn't really grasp, as you begin to go into the Word of God, it begins to take over inside of you and transform you. And now all of a sudden, you start becoming clear on God's nature. You start speaking His language. And as you speak His language, His power begins to flow through you. And this is why the enemy has done everything he can to keep us from knowing, engaging, and powerful movement in the Word of God. There's this... Wonderful passage of scripture by a man named Zacchaeus in Luke chapter 19. And Zacchaeus has this encounter with the word, with Jesus, the word of God. The, the, in the beginning was the word. Zacchaeus has this encounter in, in Luke chapter 19, verse 1. I want to read it to you. It says, Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. And a man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but being a short man, he could not. I love this guy. Sure, people rule. Bet. Any, all right, so anyway, he could not because of the crowd. Verse 4, so he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him. And Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and he said to him, come on, you guys remember this from Sunday school, Zacchaeus, you come down. Or I'm going to your house today. Come on, you guys. Stop singing that in your living room. That's weird. And so Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house. Verse 6. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. Now, there, the insinuation is they then moved into Zacchaeus' house. It obviously was close by. And somewhere in the midst of that, verse 7 says, and all the people saw this and they began to mutter. He has gone to be the guest of a sinner. They're sitting outside the house. Can you believe that dude's up inside there? I can't believe it. You know Zacchaeus is wicked. Um, and he's talking about he's the Messiah. And he's all up in the wicked people's houses. Like what's going up in there? In verse 8, so you get this picture. They're probably sitting around the table. In verse 8, Zacchaeus stands up and he said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I've cheated anyone or anybody out of anything, I will repay back, or I will pay back four times the amount. I want you to understand this moment. 
Now, Zacchaeus is a tax collector, and if you don't know what that is, in, in, in biblical times, um, the Romans had conquered most all of the known world at this particular time, and so all the people groups that they conquered, they charged them extra taxes to provide for them, you know, security, uh, build their roads, and the Jews hated being taxed by the Romans. But what the Romans did was smart. They recruited Jewish people to be their tax collectors. And so if you were a Jewish person collecting taxes from the Jews for the Romans, the Jews hated you because you were a sellout. So this guy has no friends, but he's rich because he can cheat it all he wants. He can say, instead of 10%, today give me 20%. And there's nothing they could do about it. He could literally have them, everything taken away from them. I mean, he could literally knock on their door and take everything away from them. Sounds like this group in the United Anyway, so, and so he has this whole thing going, this whole racket going, but he hears about this guy, Jesus, who might be the Messiah. And so being a very inquisitive man, he goes to find out who he was. He has this engagement with Jesus. Jesus calls him out and says, let's go to your house right now. Now, Jesus, nowhere in this passage does it say, now, now Zacchaeus, buddy, you grew up in church, but you've gone away from me. You grew up knowing God but you've walked away from me. In fact, you become wicked, bro. Bro, you need to repent of your sins. I'm telling you right now, God's not gonna, nowhere does Jesus do that. Nowhere does Jesus engage with him, rebuking him. In fact, the connotation here is that Jesus is hanging with him. And just by hanging with the word of God, just by being around the rhema of God, the rhema, the life force of God, Holy word coming just by being around. He can't take it anymore. And he stands up and he says, Jesus, everything that I have stolen, I'm going to turn it, I'm going to give it back. And everyone that I've taken from, I'm going to pay back four times as much as what I've taken. And not only that, but I'm going to half everything I got to the poor. What causes him to do this? Jesus doesn't rebuke him. Jesus doesn't call him out on his sin. Just by being around the word of God, the rhema, the Jesus Christ, everything that God the Father wanted to say to humanity, he put it in Jesus, and just by being around him, it transitioned this man, transformed his way of thinking. Do you know why you're still struggling with certain sins? Do you know why you haven't been transformed in particular areas? It's because you're not in this word. You're not around the word of God. The moment that Zacchaeus gets around the word, gets around Jesus, and he's just listening to him converse with others, and, and, and all of a sudden, he's enlightened about how wicked he is. Jesus doesn't have to call him out. The word of God, it reveals who we are, and it transforms us if we'll just continually take it in. And he can't take it. He stands up and he says, I... I can't do this. I'm not living like this anymore. I, I, I can't do it. Everything I've got, I'll give half of it away. And everyone I've stolen from, I'll pay back four times. This is true repentance. This is true God engagement. I can't tell you how many people I know that go to church, but they don't know the God of the church. I can't tell you how many people who've read the Bible, but they don't know the God of the Bible. They don't know him. That was the problem with this guy on this golf course. He'd been in church a lot. In fact, ever since he was a kid, he'd been in church a lot, and he said he hated religion. And that's why I told him, because you don't know the God. You don't have an engagement. You never really had rhema understanding his word into your life. 
to where you could, re- you could be transformed into his image. You've never had that experience. I have, and I continue to have that, and I want you to have that as well. So how do we do that? Well, look what 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 15 says. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth, the rhema, rightly getting down in that rhema, getting down in that word. And what happens is he begins to transform us. Listen, 2023 can be everything you dreamed it could be if you and I will make a commitment to get into the word of God, to be around the word of God, to hear the word of God, to wash ourselves and through the understanding of who God is. Because this holy scripture, it's not just words on page. It is the rhema. It is the voice of God. It is the instruction of God. And when you and I begin to read it, engage with it, study it, it begins to transform us, transitioning us from an old wicked individual to a beautiful, amazing follower of Jesus Christ, looking like Jesus and acting like Jesus. So here's what I want to do. I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you. I'm calling you out. I'm calling you out of depression. I'm calling you out of perversion. I'm calling you out. Come on, let's, let's, let's be transformed out of that. I'm, I'm, I'm calling you out of loneliness. I'm calling you out of insecurity. I'm calling you out of thievery and hatred and bitterness. And I'm calling you to become with me. Let's go, let's this year be transformed into his image. And here's what I'm asking. I'm asking that every member of Hill City, every person connected to us family-wise, friend-wise, to go with me for the month of January and make a 30-day commitment to study the word of God every day, every day. Here's what we've done. We've gone ahead, we've signed up with version. That's the Bible app. If you don't have it, you need to download it now. You can do it right there in your living room, right where you're sitting, in your bedroom, stop the treadmill, whatever you're doing, and download version. It's a Bible app. And there you can search for Hill City. And we have joined up for a particular Bible reading plan. And every day for the next 30 days, let's read the Word of God. And let's put God to the test. Let's see if the loneliness doesn't just get swiped away. Let's see if the temptation to pornography doesn't lose its power. Let's get into this word together and let the word of God wash over us, keep making us like Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. This is my challenge to you. This is my word to you. And I believe if you will take this challenge, 2023 will be the year that you believed it would be. That everything that you had hoped for, everything that God has promised you, the prophecies over you from when you were a little kid, I believe they'll come to pass when we begin to be transformed by the washing of the word of God. Here's what I want to do. I want to pray for you. Father, I thank you for the men and women who are engaging with Hill City right now. It's the first, it's the first message of the year for our church. Lord God, I didn't want to take anything away from the true power that you have given us through your holy scriptures. And Lord, I, I thank you that you're going to transform each and every one of us into your image as we dive into the word of God. Lord, I ask you to do something real and supernatural in each and every one of us. Now, I want you to keep your head bowed as you're you're engaging with me right now because I want you to have a moment to talk to God. Maybe even close your eyes if you're comfortable with that, if you're in a position to do that. And I want to give a call to anyone who might say, you know, Pastor, I got to be honest. I've been listening to you today and uh, you said some really good things, but the truth of the matter is if I died today, I wouldn't go to heaven. I've been there. It's a miserable place to be in. Maybe you used to go to church. 
Maybe you grew up in church. Maybe you'd say, Pastor, I gotta be honest. When I was a kid, I loved God, but life happened and I'm away from God now. Well, let me give you some really, really good news. We're here in January 2023. And the Bible says that if you'll confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, that He will forgive you and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. You don't have to give money to the church to be forgiven. You don't have to go on some missions trip to be forgiven. Confess with your mouth. Believe in your heart that He is the Christ. I I know, right? That sounds so easy and so simple. It's the man, it sounds too easy. Well, here's what I would tell you. That's because all the hard stuff was done 2,000 years ago when Jesus died on the cross for you and me. So here's what I want to do. If that's you, you say, Pastor, I need to get right with God. I want to repent of my sins. I'd like to lead you in a prayer of confessing with your mouth and believing in your heart. So right there where you're at, with your head bowed before your God, with sincerity in your heart, I want you to repeat this prayer with me. Say it like this. Say, Jesus, I admit that I'm a sinner. And I recognize I've sinned against you. But here and now, I repent of my sins. I turn away from them. I change my mind. I want to live for you, Jesus. I ask you now to fill me with your Holy Spirit. Write my name in your book of life. I'm yours forever. In Jesus' name. Keep your head bowed for a moment. Father, I pray right now for every man and woman who prayed that prayer. That they would sense and know that they are forgiven. I pray that they would feel the peace that comes because they're not wrestling with you anymore. They're not, they're not running away from you anymore. There's no more elephant in the room. Thank you, Lord, for forgiving them. Thank you for making them new, just like you did with me so many years ago. And I pray that there be a fresh joy inside of their heart. The Bible calls it the joy of our salvation. I pray that they would sense and know for the rest of their life that they're yours. And Lord, when they fall, when they sin, when they stumble, remind them they're not perfect, but they are forgiven. And Lord, I bless them now in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen and amen. We love you. God bless you.